0: don't fall asleep in the mountains in Jamaica <laughs> without sunscreen on the deck because that won't end well. <laughs> but,
1: no, I yeah. still feel bad we never woke him up. <laughs> that was on us.
0: What's up? So did you have to like learn how to speak the language? When like, in Jamaica? No, they speak English. Most of them, some of them speak Patois, which is kind of like Cajun in Louisiana where it's still, you're still speaking English, but it's like a weird dialect of it. But. But, yeah, we can understand 99% of people, mm-hmm. so we didn't have to learn anything. Uh, you did, though, <laughs> in Togo. Oh, yeah, so, I did. Yeah, but so right now, Aslan's in Togo, and uh, she's doing ministry with uh, deaf people and people with disabilities. So, um, Wait, so do you know sign language?
1: I'm learning it. Yeah, <laughs> you'd think I would know it, but I don't. <laughs> I'm working on it.
0: But, up and take notes, there is a spot in your little pack of things where you can write down on that, so God, thank you so much for Aslan and her willingness to come and uh, talk to these guys, pray that you would um, just bless her mission, help her to get back, and uh, to have everything clear up COVID-wise to where she can uh, continue to be a benefit to uh, the community there, and um, especially the deaf community, that you would um, send her back to that area, and give her the ability to continue to do ministry there where you've set that passion on her heart. So, pray these things in your
1: name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys. Okay, this is really weird. Like, I feel like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> like, I can see my reflection. Anyways, um, hey guys. There is a, a remedy for
0: that. There. Now can't. Can you still see you? I can. <laughs>
1: I'm everywhere.
0: The backslides.
1: It's okay. Anyways, hey guys. Uh, Yeah, like Josh said in the video and all the things, um, I'm Aslan, and I'm just super excited to be here today. I've been praying for you guys for quite a while. Um, Josh told me about this event a few weeks ago, and I've just not stopped bathing it in prayer, and I hope that it's already been really impactful for you guys, that you've been learning some things, that God's been showing you things, and... um, yeah, and that you can go away from this this place having been changed by His Word and um, and empowered to do things for Him. So, anyway, so yeah, so I'm really excited to be here today. I was really excited to hear about um, the theme for this that to li- living redeemed. Um, and to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous because I normally when I speak somewhere, I have I spend hours upon hours preparing for things and yeah i have put a little presentation together and i'm just like overly prepared and for whatever reason as long as i've known about this i've been i've been trying and and racking my brain to think about what god wanted me to speak on and i couldn't think of anything specifically until uh, just a few days ago, and so God has just been kind of laying some things on my heart, and so um, so I pray that ultimately, ultimately, my prayer is that you see Him through me and, and not me at all, and you hear directly from Him. So, I uh, yeah. So when when uh, when I heard about the um, the theme of living redeemed, I started to think about the the story of redemption that has been taking place since the beginning, and so as you probably know already, in the, in the beginning when God created everything man and woman had perfect relationship with god they could walk through the garden together and they could be together and they had this beautiful relationship and they had that relationship until genesis 3 when the first sin entered the world and adam and eve chose to sin and with that they were cast out of the garden and they were cast or there was a there was a gap in between them and god they couldn't access him like they did before and so ever since then god has been writing this amazing story of redemption and so we see even throughout the Old Testament in Exodus, the Ten Commandments were given to Moses, and the Ten Commandments were given to try to kind of build that to, to bridge that gap that's between God and humans by by performing by by following this list of rules. And I'm sure you know that nobody could do it. Nobody could fulfill that, and nobody could bridge that gap themselves. And so year after year after year they would have the Israelites would have to perform these sacrifices and um, and even these sacrifices were never enough. Um, and so, in Leviticus, we we read about the Day of Atonement, where they would do these sacrifices to cover the sins of the people from that year. And um, but that sin, it would or I mean that sacrifice. All it would do would just cover up the sin that was already there. If you look just a little bit below the surface, the sin was still there, and, um, and that that way to redemption was not completely there. The gap was not completely. You couldn't cross it. Um, still. And so the whole Old Testament was pointing toward the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice. All of the sacrifices were just foreshadowing what was to come when Jesus came and he lived the perfect life and he became that perfect sacrifice. And, um, and I was thinking too, kind of uh, something that was interesting was in the Old Testament, this um, this possibility for redemption was only given to those who, who were called Israelites. The rest of the world were not, was not a part of that. And so when Jesus came and he died and he, he paid the perfect and the last sacrifice, he made a way for redemption for every person in the world, for Jews, for Gentiles to be able to come to him. Um, but as, as amazing as that was, the redemption story was not finished when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. Uh, that God is still writing that redemption story today, um, and so we as Christ followers are redeemed by his sacrifice, but but now what do we do? Um, we're living redeemed now, but, but what does that mean? Do we just hold on to that redemption? Do we just hold on to that grace and just keep it for ourselves? Um, so I want us to ponder that question just for a second. Um, I'm going to show you a video here, and it really, like, honestly wrecked me. I watched it just a few days ago, and I um, and so I just want you to prepare your hearts for, for that. It's kind of heavy, and um, but I, I just hope it um, I hope it opens up your eyes. I hope the Spirit speaks to you through it. So just let's just take like a couple minutes and just ready our hearts and and prepare for the video. Bless you. (laughs) All right, Josh, could you start that for me? So um, I contemplated not showing you guys that video because, because of how heavy it was. Um, I have this tendency, I just I want to I wanna shelter the young people from the, the disgustingness that happens in the world, from the difficulties that happen in the world. And then I thought, you know what, that would be a disservice to do that to you guys. I really want you to see what's happening in the world. I want us to, as a church, as, as the, the body of Christ, to be broken over what breaks uh, the heart of our God. And so um, I'm just curious, do, do, does anybody have any thoughts? Any what, what are you guys feeling after seeing that? Mm-hmm. Inspired? Mm-hmm. Me too. (laughs) Anybody else? is absolutely Hmm. thanks for sharing anybody else I feel I felt incredibly convicted by that as well Um, I think even even serving overseas I could easily say you know I'm doing my part like I'm working over in Togo but I, I've missed the mark. I think we all have. I think we all fail to realize um, the depth of the need that is in the world. And I was just thinking, um, so, so our team in Togo got, got sent back here to the States because of the COVID crisis and um, the potential struggles that could happen because of that over in Togo, because it's just so unstable over there. And so I've been living here for the past almost four months and i've already found myself kind of getting back into this place of comfort and for not forgetting but kind of forgetting the people that i left behind in togo and i get i get news from them that um, over 50 percent of the people within our church plants are on the brink of starvation right now because of this covid crisis they are going they could die because they don't they can't have they don't have access to food or they can't afford to pay for bread or for rice. And it, I'm just frustrated with myself and with the church um, because of that, because we've, we've just missed it. We've gotten so stuck in our, in our own worldview and our own perspective that we've, we failed to see what's outside of it. And so um, thank you guys for, for being willing to um, to watch that video, not like you really had a choice, I guess, but, but for letting God speak to you through that. Um, and I hope that, uh, that, that conti- you continue to, th- to think about that as we go forward. But um, I think, so going back to, to redemption, I think we as Christians, we receive this, this gift of grace, this gift of redemption, which is the most incredible gift that we could ever receive. And um, obviously Jesus is giving it to us. He wants us to have it. Um, but but again, I feel like we've missed the mark. I feel like we've taken it and we've just kept it to ourselves, and we've forgotten what he's called us to do, and and that is uh, is to to share the gospel with the people around us, to love people around us, uh, to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those that are around us and and farther out. Um, so I have a couple of um, a couple of passages that I want us to look at. Does anybody have a Bible with them? Could somebody look up for me? Matthew twenty eight, eighteen through twenty and read it. And then one other person, if you could look up Acts one, eight. All right, just let me know when you're there. Do you have Matthew or Acts? Okay. All right, does anybody have Matthew? Matthew 28:18, did you get it? Okay. Matthew 28:18 through 20 if you want to read that for us. Thank you. Have you guys heard that before? The Great Commission? Um, I think that's something that for, for the longest time, um, even after I became a believer, I kind of disregarded it. I thought, you know, like this is, an, this is optional reading. Like this is an optional assignment that Jesus gave his disciples. Um, but it's actually a command. And it was a command not only to those disciples, but to all the disciples that would come after him. And that includes that includes us. Um, and so uh, this, this commandment is to go to make disciples of all nations. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not just a suggestion. It's something that we have to do. It's something that God has called us to do. And what I find is really comforting and helpful in that is that he doesn't send us on this mission and just leave us to do it ourselves. But he says he's going to be with us always to the very end of the age. He's going to go with us and he's going to empower us. And so um, Acts 1.8 kind of expounds upon that a little bit, if you could read that for us. But you will my And all to the end. Of the earth. Thank you. So, as you guys probably know, when Jesus adopted us into his family, um, when we became Christ's followers, he gave us his spirit. Um, and in, uh, before Jesus left, he He said, you know, it's great. I always think, you know, it would be great to live in the days that Jesus lived, to be able to like walk alongside of him and do ministry with him. But Jesus himself even said, hey, um, I'm not going to be here for much longer, but I'm going to send somebody to you that is even better than I am because he's going to live inside of you and you're never going to be without him. Uh, while I, Jesus, am one person, th- this... Helper, this comforter, the Holy Spirit is going to be with you all the time, and is going to be empowering you to do what I'm calling you to do. And so that same, this the same Spirit, this this Holy Spirit, He's the same Spirit that that came upon Jesus when He got baptized and empowered Him to do His ministry, that empowered Him to do miracles and incredible things. It's the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead. It's the same Spirit that led the early disciples to expand the church and to essentially to get the church to where it is today, that same spirit is living inside of every one of us who, who are Christ followers. Isn't that really awesome? Like, I just, I don't know, sometimes I don't take the take the time to think about really how amazing that is, that same power that Jesus had. We have living inside of us. And I think we don't always use it. We don't we always use the power that's given to us. We just kind of let it stay here um, and not, release the spirit to do what he, um, what he can do. And um, so that's that spirit that is within us. He has called us and will empower us to be the witnesses that, that is talked about there in Acts and what Jesus had called us to do in Matthew. And so um, in the video, it it alluded to um, there's one billion people in the world that have never heard Jesus's name before, that have never heard. So I did, the, so I did some research. There's actually, so there's seven billion people, seven billion people in the world that are considered to be unreached with the gospel. And so in, in that, the, the definition of an unreached people group I think is something along the lines of, they don't have access to a church within a certain radius of them and within a walking distance, um, and they don't have a Bible in their language. Which is hard for for us to imagine as we have the Bible in in English in like a ton of different uh, a ton of different versions we can have our pick and we have a church on every corner and there are seven billion people in the world who don't have that the same privilege that we have, and therefore it is a lot harder for them to to have access to a clear presentation of the gospel and so to give you kind of like seven billion is a huge number that is hard to get your mind around, think about it, so there are uh, two hundred and 23, or 223 million, I think, around people in the United States, million, 223 million. So if you take that, the population of the United, the whole United States and multiply it times 21, that's how many people in the world do not have access to the gospel. That should make us so sad, so broken. I think we're we're missing the mark somewhere if we have if there are that many people in the world that don't know Jesus or that don't have access even to uh, the gospel presentation. When I was um, when I was in T- when I went to Togo for the first time back in 2016, um, we were so I was going there to just go on a vision trip to see if this is where God was calling me and to kind of see what God was doing over there, and. I will never forget the scene that I have in my head. So we were coming home, it was the last night that I was there, and we came upon this car accident. And, whew, yeah, it's been four years ago. I, I can still see it so clearly. So we came upon this car accident. Um, it was between at least two cars, oops, sorry, um, two taxis. And so the taxis must have collided and so, okay, so this ta- the one taxi that I have in my mind. Well, let's say the car was this big to begin with; it was crushed to half of its size. It was terrible, just an awful accident. And um, and I remember thinking, so any given taxi in Togo, a five five seat car could fit anywhere between eight and ten people in there, and usually they, they're that full. And um, and so in my in my mind, I realized, wow. There are, we'll say, nine people in that car that I know for a fact did not make it out of this accident. I know that they died in that accident. And the thought of the possibility of them having heard a clear presentation of the gospel in their lifetime was very small. And so they, the people in that car are facing, likely facing eternity in hell. And it just—it something just clicked in my brain that these are human beings. Every human being that we see is an eternal being, and they will live after after death. They will live either in eternity, yeah, in eternity with God, or without Him in hell. And it it just hit me all of a sudden that that each and every person is precious, and their life <laughs> their life is. So precious. And so anyways, so I just have, I still can't get the, the thought out of my head that I, I remember just feeling the sense of urgency. Like who knows? Who knows if it's gonna be our last day alive today? Who knows if it's gonna be the last day for somebody that we, we um, pass on the street? And I started just to get the sense of urgency. Like I need to tell as many people as I can. I need to do my part in proclaiming the gospel like Jesus has called us to do. And so, again, we're called, we're called to receive our free gift of salvation. More to re- we're called to more than to receive our gift of, of salvation and to just keep it to ourselves. And so I want to ask you, what is, what is your next step of obedience? Um, what, what step of obedience? I guess I should include myself in that. What, what step of obedience do we need to take right now to follow what God has called us to in proclaiming his gospel? And I want you to just continue to think about that a little bit. Um, that So I wanted to share just a little bit about kind of my story. I mean, the video kind of shared it, so I might just repeat a little bit of what is said there. But I wanted to give a little bit of my testimony and just talk a little bit about um, about uh, what God is doing in Togo. But um, so, yeah, so I didn't grow up going to church, and well, until I was about 10 or 11. I didn't know anything about God until I was about that age. And um, and my parents are both alcoholics and are still struggling with that and um, And so I started to go to church. I started to go to go to Iwana and uh, you know learned Learned about God, started memorizing verses all that and I just remember every week There would be an opportunity to go up and to say this prayer and if you said this prayer your sins would be forgiven and You would be able to go to heaven. You wouldn't have to go to hell and I mean as what 10-year-old kid wants to go to hell. Like, no, you know, nobody. And so I, I went up there every week. Week after week, I would go, and I would say this prayer, and I would feel good, like, oh, my sins are forgiven. And then I would go through the rest of my week. I would sin again. And so, of course, the next week, I go back up, and I say the prayer again. I just keep doing this. And, um, and I just remember being scared. I remember thinking, well, if it's this prayer that saves me, I guess I gotta keep praying this, like all the time, all the time. And so I, I kept praying it. There came a point where I was like, okay, I think I'm good now. I think I've got my prayer covered, you know, I think I'll be good. And, and so then I started just kind of going through the motions. I started doing the right things, the things that, that my parents, that the church wanted me to do. I was a really good kid. I obeyed super well and, um, and I was doing everything right. Um, but still, I had this this discontent in my heart, and it just didn't seem like it was quite right. And I and I actually, without realizing it, I started actually building some resentment toward God because while I was doing all the right things, all these difficult things kept coming to me, and it, life was not any easier. I just had this idea in my head that you know I get I get to go to heaven, and my life is going to be good if I say these prayers, if I do these right things. And it wasn't going the way that I expected it at all. Um, my parents ended up getting divorced. They were still struggling with alcoholism, um, got bullied in school, all, the, all that stuff. And I just, I knew enough about God to know that he, if he wanted to, he could stop it. He didn't, you know, he could stop these things from happening to me. And he wasn't doing that. And it just felt like he wasn't there with me. And so I started to build up this resentment toward God and, um, and continued to do that. One, one week, I went to youth group, and uh, Josh and Katie, I'm sure, were there, and uh, there was an opportunity to sign up to go, to go to Australia on a mission trip. And so I wanted to go to Australia, so it was my first time going out of the country. I thought, hey, why not? And so I went. Um, I had no idea what this mission trip would entail, and so we, we go, we do the, the trip, and um, toward the end of our trip, we went up into this mountain park, in Australia. And we, our leaders told us, hey, you know, we're going to spend two hours alone with God in this mountain park. And it was something that was a little bit foreign to me, to be honest. So we took, you know, just take your notebook, take your Bible and sit alone with God for two hours. And so we did that. And as I sat, I started still feeling that anger, still feeling that resentment until all of a sudden, I can't explain it with anything other than the Holy Spirit approached me and just broke me and all of a sudden I started feeling this foreign feeling of gratitude and it was so overwhelming. I can't even describe it. It was so overwhelming that I just had to start writing down everything that I was thankful for and I had my notebook and I was just filling it out and filled up the whole notebook almost full of things that I was thankful for and and after I got done writing it was as if God told me Aslan. You see all these things that you're thankful for. Did you realize this whole time I've been with you and you missed it? You completely missed it because you were too focused on what you had in mind, what you thought was the right, um, what what life should look like. And um, and it completely broke me. And he, he said, you know, or I felt at least in that moment, he was telling me, yeah, you're you're kind of living for me about like halfway. Like you're kind of being this this lukewarm Christian, and I don't I don't have any time for that. If you want to be in, be all in. If you want to be out, be all out. But I can't do this lukewarm thing. And so, um, and he never promised. He has never promised in his word that life is going to be easy after you follow him. I'm sure you guys have experienced that too. That life is not. It is just not easy as a, as a believer. In fact, it may even be harder than um, living as an unbeliever. But that day, um, the Lord allowed me to just to surrender it, to surrender my whole life, into, and, um, and he adopted me into his family on that mission trip. And I'm so grateful for that. And since then, it is not, like I said, it's not been easy. He didn't promise that. Um, but I think... I think we, we can have a perspective sometimes that once we get our, our get out of hell free card, um, by just, by saying a prayer or by, you know, whatever, um, then we're good. And we just kind of coast through life and, um, and it's all good and we'll get to heaven someday and that'll be great. But I don't, I think we're, again, I think we're missing the mark. I think we're missing an opportunity here. And so, um, so since then, um, it's been a long time since that trip, but um, but it's been amazing to see the way that God has been working. And again, it hasn't been easy. It's been the the past few years, especially, have been some of the hardest of my life. Um, but it's been so amazing to see the way that God works within that, um, because I've seen God working more in these past few years than I've ever seen in my whole life before. And I think um, it's just really. Uh, the spirit moving in um, yeah and pushing me toward what he wants me to do and so um, yeah so God it sent me to Togo so I've been living there for the past two years and um, it has been a struggle to be honest the um, that did you did you ever put the, the the map up I forgot to show them so Togo's right there I don't know if you can see it, that teeny little orange thing there um, and so woof and so that's Togo. Um, but so I've been working there for the past two years and um, have experienced yeah experienced a lot of heartache and ministry, a lot of discomfort, a lot of trauma, death, anything that you could imagine. But I, but again, I've seen God work in more ways than ever before, and it has absolutely been worth it. And I can't wait to get back and to continue to do that. Um, and so for me, you know, as I start, as I kind of pose the question at you guys, what's your next step of obedience? For me, my next step is really just continuing day by day, moment by moment, to surrender uh, my own desires and trade them for his, to live for him, and, and to not live for myself or for anybody else, uh, to live for him, and um, and so, anyway, so I say all that not to, like, take any credit for it or anything like that, but I really wanted to show you the way that God has been working in my heart, and this is what, this is what obedience looks like for me, is to continue to work in Togo, um, to continue to, to reach the deaf population over in Togo. Um, Just like to hang out for just one second on the deaf population. So we talked about the seven billion people in the world that haven't heard, or that haven't yet haven't heard the gospel or don't have access to it. And so I, I wanna open up our minds to just another level here. So the deaf population in the world is considered to be the largest group of people in the world that does not have that access to the the gospel. And so people are kind of broken up into people groups within countries and stuff like that. But if you lump all the deaf people together, they make up the largest group of people that's unreached with the gospel. And a lot of it is because while here in America we have American Sign Language, um, in most countries in the world, there's actually no sign language for people that are deaf. And so with that, there's no ability for them to communicate. And with that, there's no ability for them to understand. And so um, I had this thought the other day that I think probably a majority of the, the deaf people in the world don't even know that they have a name. They don't know that anything has a name. They don't. If they don't know that they have a name, they don't know that they have a creator or that that, that creator sent his son to die for them. They have no idea. And they can't. Um, I mean, God could do something, I'm sure, and he could, he could make himself known to them, but I know for a fact that the vast majority of them don't have that. And so I feel like God is leading me to work with them, um, and so I'm doing my best to learn a form of sign language that hopefully we'll be able to, to, to teach to those who are deaf in Togo um, so that they can be able to communicate and understand, and eventually we, we pray. Um, that they'll be able to understand who Jesus is, and that He loves them, and that He died for them. Um, but for the for the time being, they're left in the darkness. And so, so that's what I feel is my next step of obedience. But I know for, I know that every every person is different. God has a different step for each and every one of you. Um, and so, I'm just I, I want you to consider what that looks like for you. Um, you've heard me say probably multiple times that this is this is not an option it's not an optional assignment for us and even because you guys are young doesn't mean that you're out of this either and so what does it look like for you in your current place uh, um, where you are right now how can you be fulfilling this what God has called you to do and so I would encourage us to just spend a little bit of time in prayer here um, and pray for the spirit to just kind of make it clear what is it what is it that he wants us to do? What is the next step that he's wanting us to take in obedience? Um, and so let's just take a few minutes here uh, and pray. And I have a couple of ideas that we can go over, but I would love to be able to have kind of a discussion with you guys and see what, what your ideas are. So let's just take a few minutes here. Heavenly Father, you are so good. What a cool thing it is to know, to be able to see the story that you, the story of redemption that you've been writing since the beginning of time. It's so cool not only to be able to see that story, but to also be able to be a part of it. God, you're calling us to play a role in this story that you're writing. What an absolute honor it is to be a part of this, Lord. Thank you for the story, stories that you've written for each individual person that's here today, God. We praise you for the way that you've adopted them into, their, into your family and made them your own. We thank you for giving them your spirit, Lord, to empower them, to embolden them, to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. God, I pray that we wouldn't take that responsibility lightly. I thank you for the way that I know that you've been working in the hearts of those here today. You've been working in my heart as well, Lord. I praise you for that. I pray that we wouldn't leave this place the same as we came in. I pray that your Holy Spirit would impress upon us what it is that you're calling us to do to serve you, to answer the call that you've given us, to, to play a role in the story of redemption that you're still writing, and that you'll continue to write until we meet you face to face. Father, we love you so much. Um, we dedicate the rest of this time to you, Lord. We pray that uh, that you would help us, give us the the strength to continue to, uh, to seek you in everything that we do for the rest of the day and for the rest of our lives, Lord. We love you so much, and we pray this in your name. Amen. So I would love to hear if there was anything that you guys thought about when you were um, when you were praying, and wanted to share with us what what ne- what next step of obedience you wanted to take. I think it's good to say it out loud. You get a little bit of accountability with that from those that are around you. And um, yeah. So does anybody have anything that they wanted to share? All right. I'll come back. I'll circle back around. I'll I'll give you a couple of the ideas that I kind of thought about. Um, so first of all, I think we need to just be praying. I think we need to be praying that the Spirit would make it clear to us what He needs us to do, and and have confidence, have faith that He'll provide us with the strength that we need to do it. Um, like it said in at, at the end of Matthew um, twenty-eight, He's going to be with us. Um, he's not sending us into this into this. Uh, journey alone he's going to walk alongside us the whole way and he's going to empower us to do that and so uh, the first and foremost I would just inc- I would just uh, encourage you guys to just keep praying what it what it is that God wants you to do um I think another one would be just to um, to be obedient and proclaim to those who aren't saved um whether it's your family members whether it's your people that go to your school um whatever I I would encourage you guys to be the ones to to be To be proclaiming the gospel Um, i know it can be a little bit nerve-wracking to present the gospel to people uh, so you kind of wonder what they're going to think or if you're going to do it right or whatever Um, but if we continue to pray that god would open those doors he's going to make it very clear to us when we need to take that step and if if you don't feel comfortable sharing the gospel yet like if you don't feel like you have a good understanding of how to do that well i guarantee that josh or katie would be able to help walk you through that Um, what that looks like there's no formula to doing it necessarily it's you know but um but at least to get an idea in your head of of what things um what things to talk about but ultimately the holy spirit is going to speak for you if you're if you're committed to to letting him do that and so um so i would really encourage you guys to do that because that's what god has commanded us to do and so um so we need to take that step in obedience another way another step you maybe could take I'm a little biased here, but to connect with missionaries. Um, I don't know if you guys know any other missionaries, but I would love to connect with you. Um, I've got some cards, I think, that have my contact information on there. And I would just love to, to connect with you. Um, if you're wondering what's going on over there, what you can do to be praying, what you can to be, do to be helping. And I'm sure, I mean, there's a ton of missionaries out there. Just pick one and connect with them. They really appreciate, I, I can speak from personal experience that it's really lonely on the mission field. And though we know God is calling us to do that, he's equipping us to do that, it is super lonely. And so to have somebody that's intentionally connecting with us, that's con- that's intentionally praying for us, um, even visiting us, sending us letters, whatever whatever that looks like, um, it's really a huge encouragement. And even uh, to pray, is God calling you to do that? Is God calling you somewhere other than this current context? It do- you don't have, t- I don't think in order to fulfill what God is calling us to do. We don't all need to become missionaries, but I, but some of us do. And so, uh, who knows? God may be impressing that on your heart as well. And I would just encourage you to lean into that and ask Him um, to make that clear to you. And so, uh, and also to kind of along that same line, keep yourself informed about what's happening in the world. Um, videos like that are, like you said, they're 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 helpful. Um, to just remind you of what's going on in the world. I think it's hard. It's a broken, it's a dark world out there, but we need to, we need to stay informed because God's heart is breaking over the nations, and our hearts need to be breaking for that too, and we can't, our, it's harder for our hearts to break over them if we don't know what's happening, and so keep yourself informed um, would be another thing. And so, so after saying all of that, that spark anything? Did you guys, you don't have to share, don't like, don't feel pressured to do that or anything like that, but I would really love to hear from you guys if there's something that um, you feel God is leading you to do as just the next step of obedience. Josh and Katie too, you can always share if you have something. Well, that's great. Here Togo,
0: you know, <laughs>
1: right. Uh, we should all be sharing with kids. It's always, we should all be all sharing. Absolutely. Thanks Josh. Uh, can we have Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that um, yeah, definitely. Well, just one more just encouragement real quick. Unless somebody wanted to share something. Anybody? No. Okay, that's all good. So, just just another encouragement. You guys have the spirit of God living inside of you. Don't don't ever forget that. Uh he's he's called you to be a part of his redemption story. Um and and I'm just really excited to hear hopefully I'll be able to hear from Josh the ways that that God continues to use you um within that within that role that he's called you to play in the redemption in this redemption story. And so um so I just want to encourage you you're n- you're not too young. Um, yeah, use that spirit that God has given you and, um, yeah, and definitely lean into that. So thank you guys for letting me come out. I really appreciate it a lot. If you have any questions, yeah, I didn't really talk a whole lot about what's going on in Togo, so if you have any questions about that or anything else, I would be happy to answer those.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yep, it's in my bag. I'll get, I'll get one for you.
0: hmm Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. I did not. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, other places that you at? Mhm. Mhm. So I talked about it just a little bit in the video. When I went to Zambia, well, the video is not completely accurate in that I don't think my heart really broke for the the marginalized populations until I went to Zambia back in 2014, I think. Um, when I saw, so I went and visited a couple of missionaries over there and, um, and they were running this preschool. And one of the kids in the preschool, so this kid's about four years old, he was causing a lot of trouble in the classroom, which, to us doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but to the to them it, it really is. Like a four-year-old should be behaving and listening. And anyways, so he was in this classroom of about 30 kids with one teacher, uh, 34-year-olds, three-year-olds, four-year-olds with one teacher, and he was causing all these problems. And so the missionaries that I was with were like, hey, can you go just like, I have a social work degree, so like, could you just kind of look at him, like evaluate has he got something going on? And so I looked at him, and I mean, he was a super bright kid, super smart, um, just a precious little guy, and I was, and but ultimately I think he, he may have f- fallen somewhere on the autism spectrum, like not a big deal at all, he just really needed a little bit of more one-on-one attention um, in order to really reach his full potential. And so I was like, yeah, no big deal, you know, you just find some sort of resource to help him just need one person to hang out with him and stuff like that and or you know there's a bunch of other resources and I listed off these ideas that we have in the states and they're like yeah we don't have any of that here um, we can't help him if he if he's not willing to learn in this environment of a bunch of kids and one teacher he's not going to go to school it's just how it is and so I looked at this little boy and thought wow it's possible that his whole future has just been completely uprooted and changed because he has just a little bit of something going on just a little bit of a disability and it's not even to us it's not even a big deal at all and my heart just broke because I realized that the whole world outside of the United States people with disabilities or or orphans or widows they're at such a disadvantage and they're not taken care of in the world and they they have no resources they have no um help as a whole and so my heart just broke and I realized wow I have been completely overlooking this population and I'm not the only one everybody is everybody's overlooking them and so I started God really just broke my heart and so from there I turned to okay I was planning on actually being a missionary here in the states like going to Chicago or something like that like doing Matt what Matt Matt Borst did or something like that and um and had a whole plan and everything and god just completely was like nope like threw that off the table um which is awesome because he just does that and so um so he's like no um you see this need now i need you to go outside of your context and i need you to help in that area because nobody else is and so uh, that kind of started my journey i got connected with um with a mission organization and they so I had also spent some time in a country called Central African Republic and working at an orphanage there, and I really was in love with the with the um, with that country and was dead set on going there um, to be a missionary. and that door kind of closed. It, as kind of unstable as Togo is, that is like way worse over there. and so it just was not a good fit uh, for a single young person to go into ministry there. It just was not a good idea. and so so, then I went and on the video there, it was, um, I was actually in Ivory Coast, a couple of countries over from Togo, and I was planning on going there. I had all these plans, you know, like you plan things, and it just, honestly, God just kept saying, stop, just stop making plans, just like let those down, and I will show you what we need to do, and so the door closed for Ivory Coast as well, and finally, I was like, okay, I, all right, I'm done making my plans. You just show me what it is. Open the door for me. And and so it happened to be that I knew a couple of missionaries over in Togo that were with the same organization, and they just invited me to come over to check it out. Um, and so when I got over there, it just felt like an immediate fit. It just felt, I don't know how to explain it, I guess. It just felt like, wow, this is where I need to go. And so um, at that point, I just had completely given up my my right so to speak of safety of comfort and so it was wherever it was that god would chose to send me i was going to go and so i haven't looked back really it's um and god has been so faithful in protecting us our team um we've had very uncomfortable moments and it's it's not like i said it's not easy at all but um but he's definitely kept us protected in that um so yeah so kind of how I landed on a togo it was like my fifth choice but you know yeah. <laughs> it was right so yeah any other questions on the that
0: you've been in the past
1: hmm. well it's kind of funny enough actually I think that the way that we've seen the most impact is is when we left and we didn't have any opportunity to have impact anymore. Um, and we saw, we, I mean, God has given us a heart to empower the Togolese people to, to bring the gospel to the Togolese people. And I, although we're doing that as well, it, was, it, it still is so amazing to see the way that God has just stepped in and use the Togolese in in our absence like we have nothing to do with it there's no way we can take credit for anything that's going on right now and he is just propelling the gospel forward there and so i think that's honestly the best yeah what the way that i've seen that god has has impacted the most is not is not with us at all <laughs> exactly yeah Hmm. Yeah um, I have to say that that's been really hard to, uh, none of my family are believers and so it's really hard the people that sh- that know me the most or should know me the most don't know me at all anymore. Um, they didn't know me before because because of this gap that we had because um, I knew God and they didn't but now having lived overseas and experienced what I've experienced they just don't truly don't know me anymore and it really has been hard something that I've really taken comfort in, especially recently, is, is the body of Christ. How This is my family now. You guys are my family now. And um, as much as I wish my biological family was a part of my spiritual family, they're not. And, um, and so to, to really cling to the body of Christ, to, to build those relationships with fellow believers has been incredibly powerful um, and comforting to me. But in the meantime, I think honestly I've not done a good job of really loving my family um, as Jesus would and that's something I've been convicted about lately is I I don't believe that I'm going to be the one to bring my family to Christ like I've tried I and mean, you know I've presented the gospel multiple times many times um, I've you know I've tried but ultimately I think somebody else is going to have to do that and so I've had to, to surrender them to the Lord and it um, it's been really hard but I think just learning more and more since I've been back how, how to really love them well, how to just enter into where they're at to meet them where they're at and just walk alongside with them to encourage them. I mean, I'm going to tell them what I'm what I'm learning um, in the Bible, what I'm reading this week. I, I definitely do that without hesitation. Um, but ultimately, I think it's going to be, I pray that it's the love, true love from God that, um, that draws them to him and prayer too. I, prayed circles around them (laughs) and yeah and know that ultimately it's going to be the spirit the holy spirit that's going to convict their hearts uh, and bring them to him if that's what he wants and so yeah I'd say really just um, looking I I look to Jesus a lot like in the gospels of what it looked like for him to love the people that were around them so sometimes it looked like just walking alongside of them touching the leper touching the person that nobody wanted to touch sitting with a prostitute like that, that kind of thing, and also on the other side of it, calling the Pharisees out on their baloney um, of beliefs, you know, and um, and so whatever that looks like, I think it's really just kind of being um, learning what, what that looked like when Jesus was walking the earth, and also to just be in tune with the Spirit, and where he's, how he's calling you to love, uh, like Jesus did. Do you guys have any questions? Nobody? Well, you've been really great. Oh, you have one, good.
2: Mm-hmm. what's somebody who like we all
0: know high or like
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. hmm like like come back and like all
1: stuff like I
0: don't
1: know. Yeah. That's a really good question. I mean, you think about, too, like going to camp or, like, a conference like this. You know, you're, like, in this bubble, and it's so nice. Like, it's just great. You're constantly hearing from the Lord and, and learning and stuff. And, yeah, you get back to reality, and it's it kind of slaps you in the face. Um, I totally can relate to that feeling. Um, hmm. That's really hard, to be honest. Like, it really is. Uh, I think I'm trying to think of ways that... Um, that I've kind of worked through that after coming back from trips. I mean, man, I don't really know. I mean, honestly, it's really hard. So I, I guess the only thing that I can think of is, um, is doing the best that you can on that trip to just to imprint in your memory what you've what you've seen, um, and to keep it as fresh as possible. Um, And to to just not, yeah, to to make it, make an effort to not forget what you've seen, to pray for those that you, that you encountered, to meet. So I think part of it does depend on, on how you spend your time on the trip, like meeting people, knowing their names, knowing their stories. um, It's not easy to forget those things. And so when you have those in, in your, in your, in the forefront of your memory, I think it's a little bit harder to forget. The feelings, okay, so the feelings ultimately are going to fade, like they just, they are. The high is is gonna come down a little bit, but our God is the same here as he was over there. And so um, I think it's just kind of preparing your heart to see God, to find him in the midst of where you are at, wherever wherever that is, to make it a point to look for him in your daily life. and to just yeah, just to not forget what you had seen and to continue to um yeah, to keep that in your mind. I feel like that's not the greatest answer, but um because it's just it's really hard. Did you get did you have anything to add to that, Josh? Just but like I don't know, during COVID season,
0: like there's these athletes that had have this in mind that they were gonna have this whole season like
1: hard. (laughs) It really is. Thanks for that, Josh. That was a good illustration. (laughs)
0: <laughs> right idea of Ever since then, I have to physically get up and go and turn it off. And by then I'm like, don't get me wrong, it's still a battle. <laughs>
2: Thank you.
1: Yeah, just to add a little something. So, one thing that I should mention too is that though we're all called to, we're all called to do this, and it's very clear that we are. Um, it's the the world hearing. Hmm, let's see, if I can say, explain this well. The world hearing or the mission that God has is not is still not dependent on us. If that makes sense, though, we're called to be a part of it. God could still do it without us, and he can. And he's ultimately the one that's going to be working through us. And so. Um, there, so I, I just can think of several occasions where I have gone into a situation, um, meeting with somebody with a need that is far greater than I could ever be of help to, um, but listen to what what the spirit how the spirit was prompting, and it was amazing. Like coming out of those meetings, I don't remember hardly anything that I actually said because it was it was the spirit that was speaking for me. And so like, like I said, we have, we have the spirit in us. And so honestly, we're really not qualified for any of this that we're called to do. Um, But, but God has promised to equip us and what he calls us to, he's going to equip us for. And so I think just remembering to, um, that you have that within you, whether you realize it or not, and it's not going to ever come from you, yourself. And ultimately it's going to be the spirit that's going to be working in their hearts anyways. And so um, I hope that's encouraging that like, you may not feel qualified. I don't feel qualified for anything that I do on a regular basis. I'm not going to lie. I don't feel qualified whatsoever. Um, but I do know a God who is qualified and a God that has equipped me for everything that I need. And so, um, yeah, so thank you for, for just being open and for, um, yeah, and for asking those questions. I really appreciate that.